This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 151, episode 151 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. As you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like A Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirty and Surviving, It's Always Something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, I'm the promoter, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, Those Girls You Know, the Marky P Show, and Boston Uncommon. Of course, if you're in a sports guy, go check out Big Night Breaks. They break every single night on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You go to BigNightBreaks.com, get yourself some sports cards, and you can also go to their card store down at Patriot Place card called the Card Vault. You can also check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page for free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live, and you can go get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Now, before we begin, if you live in New England and you got hit with all that snow, I hope you and your family are doing okay. I hope your place of living is okay, and I hope all of it melts away very, very soon. What a crazy storm. I had to stay in the city for work, and it was it was banana land. It, it, it really was. The, the wind was wild, and it's crazy house. You know, some of the snow would they'd be like 20 inches on one side of the road, and then they'd be like two inches on the other side. It was bananas. It was kind of like the Celtics so far, just all over the place. But as usual, during this week's episode, we'll keep you updated on what's going on with the Celtics. I'll pick a topic for the week. We'll do stud and dead of the week, and then I'll preview a very, 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 very important week, in my opinion, for this current Boston Celtics team. I don't want to say the future of the Boston Celtics because that's a little... But this current team has a very important week in front of them. So right now there's only really one injury to mention. That's Romeo Langford, who's questionable with a sore left knee. Obviously going forward, Bull Bull and P.J. Dozier will always be on the injury reports and say are now part of the team. P.J. Dozier is done for the year, and Bull Bull probably won't be back until April. But right now the Celtics are 26 and 25. They are tied for 8th place, but technically ninth place in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors have played less games, so they have a 5-11 winning percentage, and the Celtics have a 5-10 winning percentage. So that's that's that. Anyways, but the Celtics do, I believe, the Celtics own the tiebreaker. Or maybe it's just 1-1 so far. But anyways, we'll, we'll, figure out, we'll figure that out when the time comes. Uh, they are two games behind the Charlotte Hornets for the seventh seed and four games behind the Brooklyn Nets, who are now the sixth seed. They have fallen like crazy ever since Kyrie returned, ever since Kevin Durant got hurt. It's been pretty crazy for them. I mean, the Eastern Conference as a whole is bananas. The Heat have 
uh, half-game lead over the Bulls. Yes, the Heat are the number one seed. And yes, you are playing the Miami Heat tonight if you are listening on Monday night. And go check out ESPN.com or something if you're listening on Tuesday and Wednesday to check out the score. The The 76ers are now third. The Cavs are fourth. The Bucks are fifth. And then the Nets are sixth. It's absolutely crazy what's going on. Now, the Celtics had an interesting week for sure. You know, they couldn't miss a thing like it was an Aerosmith song versus the Kings. They were up 60 points at one point and then thankfully won 128-75 to 75 because I'll be honest with you, I was nervous heading into the fourth quarter. I was. I thought maybe at some point the Celtics would take their foot off the pedal, but they didn't. It was nice to see. I don't know why they can't do it against bad. Uh, I mean, good teams, they can only do it against bad teams. But listen, the Celtics are 3-19 and this season when they're losing after the third quarter. Let's, let's break that down. The Celtics are 3-19 and when they are losing after the third quarter and 5-18 and when they're losing at the half. That is not going to win you a lot of basketball games, like at all. But the other way, because, you know, my therapist wants me to be positive, they are actually 23-6 and six when leading after three quarters, which makes zero sense to me because the amount of fourth quarter leads that they've blown, or maybe they've, they have blown the leads and they've just been able to hang on. But, you know, I could talk about the Bulls game. There, there are so many different games you could talk about, about them blowing leads, so... Maybe if the Celtics continue to play well for three quarters and the lead is quote-unquote big enough, they should be fine. Now, I know the Hawks record doesn't state that they are good, but they are huge mismatch problems for the Celtics, and that's why they lost the other night. Um, like, they, the, they just can't beat good teams. I mean, they lost to the Hawks 108-92, and it, it's ridiculous what happens when shots are falling for the Celtics and when shots are not falling for the Celtics. And I'm and I'm sure you could say that about any NBA team, but eventually, even if you're saying that for the Brooklyn Nets, eventually Kevin Durant or James Harden are eventually going to take over and kind of will their team to victory. And right now, Tatum and Brown just have, haven't done that yet. They're still young. I know, blah, 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 blah. They've also been in the league for six years, so figure it the fuck out. But this team gets so down on, their, so down on themselves when they are losing games and their shots aren't falling and they and they just can't do that because they're 13 and 17 against teams with winning records and they're 13 and 8 against teams without winning records. So you got two winning record games this week and two losing record games this week. But the Celtics cannot go 2 and 2 again. Now my prediction was wrong last week. I thought they would win all 3 and I was pretty close, two out of the 3. But you know, because the final game of the week, uh, they played the Pelicans and they won 107, uh, 107 and 97. Jalen and Jason combined for 69 out of the 107 points. They also had 10 of the Celtics' 31 assists between Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. The, the three of them had 22 out of the Celtics' 31 assists. Now, Jalen only had three of those, but, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, right now, the team has been playing better basketball. Jason Tatum is taking his game to another level, which is good. The pace of the offense seems to be picking up, which is great. But this, these next two weeks are very important for everything, like going forward, the playoff run, how the, this summer is going to go with some of the extra free agent money they may or may not have. Are you going to be keeping some of the guys that you signed to one or two year deals? Or are you going to get rid of them? What's going to happen with number 12 or Romeo or Aaron Neesmith? This is a very, very important couple weeks for this team with the trade deadline being February 10th. This week they have four games 
versus the first one tonight versus the Miami Heat at 7.30 p.m. at the Garden. Insanely important game. Then they have the Hornets back at the Garden on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., an insanely important game. And then a quick three-game road trip, but two of those being this weekend, Friday versus the Pistons in Detroit, and then Sunday in Orlando at 6 p.m. versus the Magic. Now, the topic this week... I think is an important one. I think a lot of Celtics fans are torn over this topic, and that is Marcus Smart. Now, if you listen to this podcast for all 150 episodes, I am not the biggest Marcus Smart supporter. I appreciate what he's done. I appreciate how hard he tries. I appreciate his offense. I just hate when he shoots the basketball. He's not very good at it, and it drives me insane. Now, this summer, the Celtics signed Marcus to a four-year deal. He's going to be making he's making sixteen million this year, eighteen the next, nineteen the year after that, and twenty-one million dollars. And that contract ends in the 2025-2026 season. Now, Marcus Smart is almost twenty-eight years old. Paying him at the age of thirty-two to do what he's doing now is I just don't think it's a good idea. Now, why do I keep saying now so much? I I don't I don't know. I'm sorry about that. But as of January 25th, you are now allowed to trade Marcus Smart to any team. Some f- some Celtics fans think that it should that the Celtics should make a move and Marcus Smart should be a part of that move because you you could most likely get a good piece back because there's probably a championship team that would love to have Marcus Smart come off the bench. I am not a fan of Marcus because of his shooting like I said, and recently Brian Robb of Mass Live brought a stat to my attention that I could not believe. It showed that I was right, and I spiraled a little bit afterwards. Over the last two seasons, when Marcus Smart's when Marcus Smart takes nine shots or less, the Celtics are twenty six and twelve, and when he shoots it more than nine times, they're twenty one and thirty one. Now listen, there I go again. I said now again. I understand sometimes when he's on, it's a lovely thing. Like that game in the bubble in the playoffs where he hit, what, like five or six threes in a row. He scored like 16 straight points in one quarter, which was absolutely crazy. But that was in the past. But let's focus on this season. Marcus Smart has had double-digit assists three times this year. Two of those times, he's taken six shots. And the other one, he took 10 shots. And that other night, oh, yeah, they lost versus the Hawks. So right then and there, you're like, okay, Marcus Smart took six shots, had double-digit assists, and the Celtics won. That's what you That's what you want. Marcus has had four turnovers in seven games this year. Six out of those seven games, he has taken more than nine shots. So less is more with Marcus Smart. Less shots from Marcus Smart mean better things. That means he doesn't think he needs the ball in his hands that much. That doesn't mean he thinks he could shoot because he's made a couple shots in a row. None of that. 26-12 and 12 in the last two seasons. Nine shots or less, 21 and 31 with nine shots or more. Now, I'm not saying this is the only reason why the Celtics have been so up and down. I'm not saying that at all. But it is wildly important to think about. Marcus is not a very good shooter. We know this. He is a career 31% three-point shooter. And this year, it's 30%. So it's actually below his career average. And he's been a below average three-point shooter the entire time he's been in the NBA. He's shooting 38% from the field throughout his career. And this year, it's 39%. So, woo, banner 18, baby. Listen, Marcus has been terrific defending this year. We don't say it enough. He really has. I know he was out for a couple weeks um, with a thigh contusion, right? Yeah, I think it was a – something was going on with his thigh. 
something like that. And listen, he makes mistakes here and there in defense like everyone else, but Marcus is your best defender on this team. We all know that. Him and Time Lord, sure, you could have the debate, but you could argue Marcus is. But Trey Young the other night versus the Hawks, Marcus Smart defended him for four minutes, and Trey Young did not score the basketball. Marcus Smart can change the basketball game with his defense. So this is what Marcus has to focus on. Passing the basketball. Do it more and more. Please and please and please. Marcus is the point guard. The point guard is supposed to pass. The point guard needs to pass. We need Jalen and Jason to get into a rhythm early and often. Marcus is good with pick and roll lobs. We we got to get that going with Rob as well because that's going to help spread the floor because defenses are going to slide in when they see Rob going up for an alley-oop and Marcus can just throw it into the corner. He's all good. Marcus has been in this league since he was 20. He's 27 now. He'll be 28 in March. He has to realize him passing the basketball, getting the ball into the right spots for players that are better than him and for players that can shoot the ball better than him will go a long way for not only for himself and this basketball team. If Marcus isn't going to pass the ball and continues to shoot, the Celtics should consider moving on. But if he accepts the fact that he should be a pass first point guard, things can turn around. With that being said, speaking of things turning around, Ime Adoka. For the love of God, oh, for the love of God, don't play Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder together. Don't do it. They both suck at three-point shooting. And his excuse the other night after the Hawks game was, well, they needed more scoring out there. Sure, Dennis Schroeder can score when he feels like it, but overall, I really don't trust it. They, the defenses will live with Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart making threes. Because they're just going to put more attention on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are the only guys who can really score for you. Because it's not like Time Lord's going to be at the elbow, shooting elbow jumpers. Al Horford, you can't really trust as late. And if those are your five on the floor, or five or six that are on the floor, you're screwed. Ime has to stop playing the two of them together. Seriously. Or else I'm going to lose my mind. Speaking about losing your mind, because I know people always lose their mind during this segment, it's that time for Stud and Dud of the Week. Hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 151 of the Banner Banter Podcast. The stud should probably be Jason Tatum, but he got it last week. But So this week, it's going to be the Time Lord, a.k.a. Rod Williams. And let me tell you, folks, I love when this happens. I mean, 10 points, 9 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks per game this week. Are you freaking kidding me? He shot 68% from the field. He's getting better and better every game, taking advantage of his matchups, reading the floor better on the offensive end. His defense, I, I mean, we don't even need to talk about it. He, he, it's it's fantastic. Rob finished the Kings game with 13 points and 17 rebounds. He was just awesome that game. He had nine assists this week. Jalen Brown also had nine assists this week. So to get that from your center, that's awesome. Rob is a leader. He's a leader on this basketball team. I don't know if it was Rob, you know, not Rob, Al Horford coming back to help. I don't know if he finally just got a slap in the face in reality before the season started and realized he's it's time to nut up and shut up. But Rob Williams has matured so much this season, and he is, you could argue, if the Celtics, if someone came up to you and said, who are the Celtics' big three? You say Jason, Jalen, and Rob. 
Marcus Smart's not in that picture anymore. That's how much Robert Williams has improved this year. And over this past week, absolutely terrific. I mean, 10 points a game, 9 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 68% from the field. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. The dud of the week. I talked about it last week a little bit with his play as of late, which has declined a little bit, but it's Al Horford. Start the year off with this like fountain of youth it was so exciting and i understand he does so much more than the naked eye can see on the court with helping on defense making the extra pass just setting the right screens you go on and on but this week he shot 22 percent from the field he only averaged four points a game he only played 16 minutes in the hawks game because of how poorly of a matchup it was and this is where the celtics may be looking to upgrade because if rob goes down again let's pray he doesn't sweet baby jesus let that let that not happen but Al can't be your five. Ennis Freedom Cantor, beep bop bop boop whatever his name is now, is your backup. And that's not a great look because number 12 ain't covering a seven-footer, no matter how physical he can be or how physical he can play or how quick he can move his feet. None of that's happening at all. So I I know I mentioned moving Marcus Smart. You you can do it. You can't do it. I'm f- you know, I'm for it. I understand why, but I also understand why you wouldn't. Like, I, I can see it from both sides. It's okay. I know. I'm so weird. I'm I'm seeing things from both sides. What a weird take in the world today. But you need another big if Al goes down or if Rob goes down. Because Freedom ain't cutting it. Bruno Fernando ain't cutting it. I mean, sure, maybe Bull Bull could cut it, but he's not coming back till April. And who knows what Al Horford's body is going to be like in April to play a full NBA season. And Al has stayed healthy for a majority of his career. Al Horford has played a lot of basketball minutes, whether it was a few years down in Florida, all the years with the Hawks and then the Celtics and the 70. Like, it, you can go on and on. So Al, Al Horford's poor play of late is a little scary. But if Rob can continue to pick it up, Maybe it kind of evens itself out at the end of the day. Who knows? So that's it for Sudden Dud of the Week for episode 151. Rob is your stud. Al Horford is your dud. Now, let's talk about the upcoming week. This is a very, 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 very important week for the Boston Celtics. I cannot say that enough. This is the type of week that could make or break the Ted, the, the Ted, huh, the trade deadline. It's less than two weeks away. It's February 10th. That's the trade deadline. And a poor performance this week against the Heat and the Hornets, two teams that are above you in the standings, two teams that I think you can beat, two teams that are are clearly better than you right now. Brad Stevens could be forced to shake up this roster. And it could affect, you know, three or four years down the road, or it could just affect this season, or... Brad's ready to set off some fireworks that they always talk about this summer that we just never see. It's more like firecrackers. But the first game against the Miami Heat tonight at TD Garden, I mean, the Heat are very good. <laughs> Eric Spolstra is a phenomenal coach. They can defend. They can shoot. They can be physical. Players have accepted their roles. We can go on and on and on. Kyle Lowry is out for personal reasons, which is a tough break for the Heat. Markeith Morris is slowly coming back from his tough little whip Flash injury that he got from uh, the Joker in Denver. Jimmy Butler's day-to-day, so obviously if Jimmy Butler doesn't play, I mean, that's huge for the Celtics. But they recently just got Bam Adebayo back, which is monumental for them to be. He's one of the best big men in the league. I'm not saying like Joel Embiid or Joker status. I'm just saying he's one of the better big men in the league. 
we all remember Bam Adebayo blocking Jason Tatum with his goddamn finger in the Eastern Conference Final in the bubble, which basically changed the whole atmosphere of that, of that series. Because I honestly think if Jason Tatum dunked that ball in the Celtics, and which would have made the Celtics win that game, that's a completely different series. Seriously. But the Heat have a top five offense. They have a top seven defense. The matchups aren't that great for the Celtics because who's going to run around and defend Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson when you still have to worry about Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler? You have P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler. All three of those guys can defend Tatum and Brown and be very physical with them and annoy them, especially Tatum, who's probably going to be looking for a lot of calls. So it could be a frustrating night for Jason Tatum. But you cannot lose both of these games on Monday and Wednesday. You, you can't because Wednesday... You have the Hornets game. Uh, again, a very important game because for the tiebreaker situation, if the Celtics can catch up to the Hornets, which I think they can, and they can win this game, they're up 2-1 in the series lead. And then they go to Charlotte in March. So the tiebreaker could be huge. The tiebreaker could literally be a home game in the play-in or going on the road and having to win like two games in a row. It's crazy. Now, I said it a couple weeks ago, but please, for the love of God, Watch out for Kelly Oubre Jr. if he plays. Right now, he is day-to-day with an ankle injury. Gordon Hayward has COVID, and Jaden McDaniels is also out. But Kelly Oubre Jr. is just a guy that not a lot of people focus on. He's stuck in the corner, and he's hit or miss with three with his three-pointers. But when he's on, he's on. And he burnt the Celtics the last time these two teams played. Like, I think the final score was 111-102. It was a, I think it was another Wednesday night at the Garden as well. But the Celtics shot 14-46 of 46 from three. So uh, don't do that again. Tatum and Brown shot a combined two out of 18 from three. Um, Don't do that again. Marcus Smart and Rob Williams didn't play, which I think will be obviously a huge, huge help. Two of your best defenders coming back. And again, the Hornets love to run, especially with LaMelo Ball, who's so much fun to watch. And Miles Bridges, who just loves to just get a rebound, throw an outlet pass, sprint down to the end of the floor, and catch an alley-oop. The Hornets are good. They, I mean, they almost just lost to the L.A. Lakers without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the Lakers sucked this year, thankfully, which has made this season a little bit easier for me personally. If, you know, as long as if the Celtics suck and the Lakers suck too, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, I, I am. I'll be honest. But you got to win at least one of these games. I don't care if it's a Hornets game. I don't care if it's a Heat game. I prefer it to be both. But you can't go 0-2 to start the week. You can't. Because on Friday... Yeah, you start your little quick little three-game road trip. Pistons, Magic, Nets. Nets aren't until uh, next Wednesday? Yeah, next Wednesday in Brooklyn. So that means Kyrie would be playing. No, that means Kyrie's not playing because, yeah, Kyrie only plays in road games, which is so stupid to even think about. Anyways, uh, the the Pistons, uh, they've lost 7 out of 10 lately. They're 8 and 15 at home, so all signs are pointing well to the Boston Celtics. And, you know, they do have some great young NBA talent, Cade Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart, and more importantly, Sadiq Bey. You know, imagine having an NBA-ready player as a rookie, and then in their second year, they drop 15 points a game, 5 boards, 2 assists, and shoot 34% from 3 and can defend multiple positions because, uh, as far as I know, um, Romeo Langford can't do that, Aaron e. Smith can't do that, number 12 can't do that, but I'm still not better that they didn't take Sadiq Bey uh, over Grant Williams in the NBA draft. Yep. Oh. <sighs> 
Oh, I'm sorry. Thinking about it, I literally just got so angry thinking about it that it's actually Aaron Neesmith's year, not not number 12 in Romeo Langford's year. That was Brandon Clark. And, oh, wow, Brandon Clark's on a winning team with the Memphis Grizzlies because John ja Morant's now an MVP candidate. What a world. Anyways, this is a game where the Celtics should win. I don't want to dive deep into it because if I do, I will. And if the, if they lose, I'll riot. I really and truly will. I'll, I'll lose my goddamn mind if they lose this Pistons game, especially if Sadiq Bey has a good game <laughs> and Aaron Neesmith doesn't get any playing time. <laughs> oh, boy. And then last but not least, the Magic game on Sunday in Orlando. The last time these two teams played, Jalen Brown dropped 50 points in that overtime game at home at the Garden, but Jason Tatum and the Time Lord didn't play. They have also lost 7 out of 10. They have the third worst defense... Uh, I'm sorry, the third worst offensive rating in the league. So your top 10 defense should be able to win you this basketball game. It will be nice to get a couple days rest for these guys as well. And then because you got the Nets and the Nuggets next week, it's oof, it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. But that's it for episode 151 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And that's it. We'll talk soon. Go Celtics, Banner 18, stay safe. Go get vaccinated if you haven't. Wear your masks. Hopefully all this COVID bullshit will be over soon. And hopefully you're all shoveled out if you live in the New England area. And again, if you're over in the TD Garden area, Section 315, come on by. Say hi. Would love to meet you. Thanks for the support. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.